0: Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and
1: Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Uh, today is Sarah Langs. You know her from her fantastic tweets about all the amazing stats you should know. And of course, all of her work at MLB and the MLB Network. Sarah, thanks for being here today.
2: Of course. Thank you for having me and for that very kind intro. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, of course. I. Uh, and uh for everybody listening, uh, do you want to just quickly go through your resume and all the stuff that you're working on right now?
2: Sure. Uh So I am a reporter and researcher for MLB.com. So uh, as you kind of made reference to with Twitter, you know, I do a lot of researching, whether it's next level kind of stack has stuff or, uh, you know, more historical things kind of digging into whatever I think is interesting and whatever is, uh, you know, the story of the day, the story of the moment, the story of the season, kind of wherever that all goes. Uh, and as you made reference to, I, I do, uh, go on MLB network occasionally. And, um, I do have a Twitch show now, actually. So I think Is I'm supposed right? to like mention that. Uh, I think that's like how you promote yourself, right? I'm very bad at <laughs> self promotion, as you just heard. Uh, but yeah, I do a Twitch show on uh, most Thursdays on the MLB Twitch stream, just, uh, just chatting. So just, uh, talking about whatever people want to talk about. The last few weeks, we've just voted for the All-Star game a bunch. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's kind of what I do. I think, I think I summed most of it up. I hope so. So,
1: so w- what is the, uh, the Twitch feed?
2: Uh, yeah, it's the MLB, uh, Twitch stream. So like twitch.tv slash MLB. And, uh, the point is just to talk about baseball. So I just pop right. on there and, you know, I usually end up on a million different StatCast player pages. And, uh, again, you know, we've gone through the All-Star ballot and talked about who we want to see in the Derby and, you know, wherever people kind of want to go with the conversation. But I always talk about Shohei Otani, always talk about Vlad Jr. <laughs> I mean, you, you could probably guess, you know, all, all, right. all the great, I mean, exciting players.
1: So, so as of right now, who should win MVP, do you think?
2: Oh my gosh. See, it's an impossible question. <laughs> like, I, I I mean, it it's so difficult. I, I think as of right now, if it were today, I think you have to give it to Otani because of mm. everything that he's doing. The fact that he's right. doing something that, I don't think we've ever seen. I mean, I know people like the Babe Ruth comparisons, but I think we're so far past that. Babe Ruth was not hitting 470 foot home runs. He's not hitting it 116 or 119 miles an hour off the bat. Of course, we weren't measuring, but I don't think he was. There's no way
1: he was. Yeah. Exactly. Not a chance.
2: So I I think right now, but it's also crazy because like Vlad Jr. could win a triple crown and I'm saying we're not going to give MVP to a triple crown there. The last time that happened was like Ted Williams in 1947.
1: Right. Well, it should have been 2012 with Mike Trout, but that's another story.
2: That's uh, a whole time. other hour podcast for us, <laughs> at the very least. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Um, but uh, and while we will be talking about you know you and the industry a good amount on this, this is not a baseball analysis podcast <laughs> for that go and check out of course Sarah Lang's uh, Twitch uh, you say that was on Thursday at 6 is that right
2: Uh no Thursday's usually at 4 Eastern 4 um, Eastern
1: time twitch.tv/mlb yes. and where can they find you on Twitter
2: S uh, slang slangs on sports I whenever i get asked about my tw- Twitter handle i have to give a shout out to uh, one of my best friends from college JT who when i was you know starting to kind of get into this field and having i think it was like my first or second sort of journalism internship. Uh I had like, I didn't really have Twitter. I had a Twitter with no followers and no tweets where I would just follow baseball writers. Cause that's what Twitter right. is for. Um And he's like, no, you need like a public Twitter and you need a good handle. You should be slings on sports. And I was like, okay sure and now it's great and i love it and uh a lot of people tell me they really like that handle i'm like well i had nothing to do with it so i need to give him props there so
1: you're mentioning that you were uh, doing journalism stuff in college i am kind of curious uh, obviously about the entire journey but starting at the beginning uh did you always envision this kind of position for yourself when you were a kid like eight-year-old sarah what did what did you want to do then <laughs>
2: I don't know what I wanted to be at eight years old. I, I can't quite remember that. Uh, but I... um In sixth grade, which I think you're like 11 or 12, um, mm-hmm. I had a really great English teacher uh, who was... I just got along with really well. And I realized that I really liked writing. And we were... He was a big sports fan. He was a Detroit Tigers fan. Um, oh, and no. we talked about... I know. But back <laughs> then, it was a good thing. I mean... That that was a good time to be a Detroit. Well, it was mm. just about to be a good time to be a good Detroit Tigers fan.
1: Sure. Okay.
2: Um, you know, without without fully giving away my age. Uh yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, you know, we he came up on uh, soon thereafter. Uh, right. On like the Verlander the Scherzer,
1: yeah. Maglio Ordonez, all that stuff.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of a lot of Maglio Ordonez talk. Mm. Um and he was the English teacher who was great. And we talked about baseball a lot and I love baseball and I, that's all I talked about. And he's like one day, you know, in some way he was like, you know, you could do those two things. Like that's something you could do. Right. And I think that's always the moment I sort of pinpoint as like, that's when I knew I wanted to be a sports writer, which I think like the concept of sports writer has evolved even since then. So now it's more like sports media, right? Sure. Um, yeah. Back then it was really just sports writer, but that's kind of when I knew I wanted to do that. And I don't really know if I ever could have imagined doing what I'm doing now. I mean, I, I'm just so grateful uh, to get all of the opportunities that I do get and that people care what I have to say, which well, still course. astounds me um, daily. So I I mean, I guess you could say this is what I wanted. And it absolutely is what I want now. But I don't think I could have even uh, dreamt of this in any way.
1: I mean, it, it's, it's not common, uh, for someone at that young of an age to say, Hey, I want to be X and actually, you know, uh, I don't, I'm not going to age you. I don't know 15, 20 years or whatever it is to be doing that thing. Uh, and at such a high level. Um, I mean, that, that's really, really cool. And. I am curious. So, okay, there you are. You're like, all right, I wanna, I wanna be a sports writer now. Um, I mean, you did mention yet it's sports media more so now because, as you mentioned, you're on Twitch and doing things that's on TV too, and it's on Twitter and just being those interactions, and of course, the real meat are those articles that you do write. But it's more than the just like the paper that it used to be, you know. And when you realize that, how did it shift? You know, what your focus was. What were the first things that you did? As your attempts to be you know a part of that, of that field?
2: Well, I would say that for me, uh, the focus for a long time really was just the writing side. And a lot of those other sort of parts of media, everything that you're referring to, um, sort of just, I guess came organically as everything else progressed. I mean, the first time I ever did a podcast was I got an email from Buster Olney, who I worked with at ESPN, and he said, hey, I have this idea, like, why don't you come on the podcast, you know, tomorrow and give a couple numbers, we'll call it something like the numbers game. And we'll, you know, just chat about some baseball stuff. And i had been working at ESPN for probably a year at the time, or I, I think I'd done one season there. And I knew him and I'd worked with him a lot and done research and all of that with him. I was honored to be asked. And that's now like a podcast thing I do every week. And so that was sort of the first entry that I really got into anything with, you know, the podcast space, anything else like that. Sure. I mentioned Twitch. Obviously, that's very new for me. Um, that's new this year. And I mean, the TV stuff, similarly, you know, I, it's mostly been, uh, you know, people reaching out to me, seeing what I do and wanting to put that on air somewhere.
1: Sure. And, and you know, so there you are. You're 11, 12, we said, right? Uh, do you remember the first thing you wrote about or, uh, or your first foray into it?
2: Not entirely, but I know that when I was in high school, uh, we started a myself and a couple other people um, started a blog. Like through our school, so it was like at like the dot org or something. Right, yeah. Um, where we wrote about sports because the thing was, you know, it was high school. Um, there wasn't really much opportunity to write about like professional sports. Like, if you wanted to write about sports for our paper, which was probably monthly, I don't even remember how often it came out. Uh, you were writing about like the school football team, right? Right. But I didn't really want to write about that. I wanted to write about like things about the Mets or the Yankees or whatever team. And I remember writing a couple things, something about the Jets, um, probably something about the Mets as well. Um, I seem to remember writing something about Braylon Edwards, which is not even a thing huh. for our baseball podcast here. But I, I oh. seem to remember doing that. Um, and I'm sure that blog doesn't even exist anymore. Like, I'm sure, sure that the right. web address, I don't even know what it was. I don't remember what it was called. But that's the first time I really remember being like, okay, here I am. I'm going to write about my opinions or something I see, something I notice, uh, with sports. And I don't really write opinions now anyway. I mean, I, I prefer facts to speak for themselves. Sure, uh, but yeah. I think when you're younger, you always want to be writing like the column, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that was kind of my first like entry into it. And then when I got to college, uh, I was the sports editor for our school paper for, I mean, I became an editor pretty quickly cause no one really wanted to write about D3 sports. And uh, I did cover, obviously, the D3 sports. I covered uh, those teams. And then once I got a little bit more senior, I did write um, some professional sports stuff. And I remember I would write something for the issue we did for orientation week uh, every year of like, here's what you need. I went to school in Chicago. You know, here's what you need to know about uh, Chicago's professional sports teams and, you know, checking out all the different venues and stuff like that.
1: Oh, that, that, that's all great. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of what that blog would be named. Um, I would say something smart sounds like a good name. (laughs) Just, just, I I don't know what it is. It's just just something smart. That's completely fine. (laughs) Uh, Uh, but, um, kind of, kind of with that. So again, I just want to get a good idea of your journey because everyone has a different one of the opportunities given, the, uh, the people that helped along the way. And, uh, you know, I like to think that covering D3 Sports, you totally covered D3, Brandeis Baseball too. Uh, absolutely. We were so good. We were totally the best team and you couldn't miss us. No, um, but but right. So there you are. You're in this position. And it sounds like so in college that you you really wanted to continue this forward. Uh, what were the opportunities that you saw that you pursued? And what was the first one that hit?
2: So I think the first real um Really big opportunity uh, to actually get into the sports world for me. So when I was in college, I made it a focus to get some sort of journalism-related internships. So um, after my freshman year of college, I worked for the New York Daily News. Um, they had a blog at the time called Page Views that was all about uh, liter- literature, basically. Mm-hmm. It was like a blog about books. And, uh, I worked there, so I did, you know, interviews and got to cover stuff, um, you know, cover openings of bookstores and whatever else. And that felt like a huge step for me, you know, after one year of college, just doing something that was in the journalism world.
0: Sure. Uh,
2: so that was the first thing, but obviously that's not sports. And then, uh, the following summer, I worked for Newsweek, uh, slash the Daily Beast. Um, and similarly, that was kind of everything. Um, but when sports things came up, which they occasionally did, um, I was there in the summer. So the U.S. Open was going on. Wimbledon was going on. So not necessarily baseball because baseball's so day to day that they don't do much with it. Right, um, but yeah. sort of bigger event uh, sport things. I was able to do stuff, even if it was like writing captions for a photo uh, album or something, which I seem to remember doing. Um and things like that. But then the following summer after my junior year, uh, I got an internship with Sportsnet New York, SNY, who broadcast mm-hmm. the Mets, yeah. um, as an editorial intern. So I was working for at the time, um, Mets coverage was on Mets blog. And then there was a Yankees blog as well. Um, and I got to cover a couple of games, um, which was really cool. And I got a chance to, you know, just do more specifically baseball writing. And I think that that's, I mean, that's the first sports thing that I really got to do. Right. I got paid to write about sports, you know,
1: oh, man, that's such a good feeling, isn't it? I mean, there it yeah. was, you've been chasing that for, for a while. And then all of a sudden you got that opportunity. Uh, was it, I, I, I know I've certainly gotten applications from people that we joke about still. Like, there's a staffer who is one of our most prominent ones that called us the pitchers list. And I still make fun of him for that. Um, and it's, you know, I still have Alex Fast's, uh, email, which is so wonderful and, and hilarious to me. And do you, you know, do you have any of those like that where it's just like, okay, this is, you know, this was the application you had and you look back and go, Oh my God, I can't believe they, they even took me.
2: I don't think I have the, uh, guts to go back and read this, honestly. <laughs> so I have no idea, but I do know that this one isn't, uh, sports related, but I know that I, Definitely applied for an on-campus job, which I got and actually became great friends with this person. But I think that I spelled their first name incorrectly, like gendered it incorrectly, I think. Like oh, put no. an A at the end of a man's name <laughs> or something like that. Um, I, I don't remember exactly, but I remember realizing a day later um, because I was talking to someone about the job. And I realized that I I just completely... I don't know if it was a typo or what... Um, obviously not misgendered in the pronoun sense or anything. I just spelled the name wrong right, in a way yeah. that it looked like a woman's name instead of a man's name. Um, and uh, yeah, it all worked out. And actually, that person was like a huge baseball fan. It wasn't a sports job. And I'm sure that the baseball connection ended up helping. And that was a great on-campus job. But I do that's what comes to mind when you tell me <laughs> that.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty great. And I imagine from the SNY stuff is how you got involved with ESPN. Is that right?
2: Um, sort of, I mean, so working at SNY definitely gave me kind of more exposure. I mean, I didn't have much of a Twitter following at the time, but I would tweet mm-hmm. out the stories I did. Um, and from there I was able to get an internship with, uh, then CSN Chicago, now NBC sports Chicago, sure. um, in really the same kind of role, but during the school year when I was back at school and, uh, so I was an editorial intern. I got to cover some games, same stuff just in Chicago. Um, and obviously, that was helped by the RSN network. SNY, at least at the time, was part of that, despite not being CSN NY. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were able to uh, make the connection for me and help me uh, get that internship. And so at that point, I had done... Um, a few of these things, and it was kind of clear that the space that I had sort of made for myself, I think in both internships was, uh, research related. I don't think that I knew I was a researcher or would have called myself a researcher. Uh, but it just kind of fell into, uh, there's always a beat writer, right? So there was always someone covering the day to day minus the times I got to fill in. But something that wasn't being done was someone digging around on baseball reference and, you know, finding the last time something happened. So right. when I was working for SNY, uh, the, that was whatever year that was, the Mets had one all-star and they were coming off a pretty long run of having at least two um, mm. because David Wright was always an all-star and like a Carlos Beltran or, you know, Francisco Rodriguez or Johan Santana, like someone else was always an all-star too. Yeah. And so when it was announced and they had one all-star, it was Daniel Murphy that year uh, I pitched my boss. I was like, Hey, why do not I write about a story about like the last time they only had one all-star and it was 10 years prior. And that's, you know, pretty similar to the stuff I do now. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more basic of a level, but I was able to then bring that sort of, uh, you know, it, it became clear that that was desired. Like I pitched that and they always liked those types of ideas. And so I brought those ideas to um, CSN Chicago as well. And was able to do similar things. And again, you know, they had, uh, at the time it was like Patrick Mooney was covering the Cubs for them. And, uh, Dan Hayes was covering the white Sox. So I wasn't, um, going to be doing those things except on days I filled in. Uh, but I could certainly, you know, supplement stuff. Um, and that's kind of what led me to the stats and info group was at that point. It was like, yeah, I kind of am doing this stats and information stuff. I, I wouldn't have pinned it myself. Um, But someone passed along the, uh, the job application to me at some point during my senior year and said, Hey, I I think you, you could be a fit for this. And, uh, you know, I read through it and I was like, Yeah, I I think I know those things. I think I could do those things. I mean, I talked about building graphics and obviously all this technology stuff that I didn't know yet because I'd never used the programs, but, uh, the base level of it, uh, you know, I could do that. And it's all sports. I mean, I know I only do baseball now, but, uh, that job was obviously everything, right, and yeah. that was part of it as well.
1: Nice. Uh, oh man, look at you getting this incredible experience, uh, mm-hmm. and you're still, se- you at the time still senior in college and everything. It's amazing. Uh, and like as you did that, you know, there must have been some people along the way that really took you under their wing.
2: Definitely. I mean, I you know, I, I should give a uh, the person who passed along that job application uh, to me was Mark Simon. I know, I think he now works oh, yeah. for Sports and Post Solutions. Um, and I definitely have to credit him for you know uh, pointing it out to me. I'm not sure that I would have found it. I mean, at the time, I was spending so much time on you know Googling baseball writer jobs and all of these other things, but <laughs> I, I didn't think that that could be my way in because I didn't sure. even know, you know, um, and I never thought of working in TV, honestly. I mean, I was only, as we were talking about, I was really only thinking about writing and, uh, you know, I was, was explained to me how at the time stats and had a photo blog and there definitely were opportunities to write and I didn't get to write nearly as much as I wanted to, um, or would have wanted to in that job, but it didn't matter because I was doing so much and producing so much content, which, mm-hmm. you know, just gets to the point that, it's kind of all content, which I do think has changed a lot, especially in the time, you know, just over these last whatever five, seven ish years. Right. Um but yeah, I I definitely have to credit him for passing that that job along. I mean, I'm not sure what else I I did have, you know, one or two other offers, but um I, I don't think I could have gotten off to a better start than I did um in that as my first full time job and my first full time job in sports. And, you know, along the way, there have just been so many people. I mean, I really refer to Baseball Tonight was the show that I researched for three years uh, while I was there until I left. And. Every single member of that show group, you know, is family to me. So the producer Greg Colley is, you know, still one of my closest friends, and mm. you know, I'm so grateful from support from, as I said, Buster Olney and Carl Ravitch and Eduardo, and I mean, just uh, Tim Kirchen, everybody. I, I, I feel awful because I feel like I'm name dropping, but that I'm not even no, meaning to. Like I mean, these all. are these are just wonderful people who have yeah. really, really supported me um, along the way, and when I knew when I did end up um, applying for this job at MLB and it became clear that I was going to take it, I can't even express how much I stressed those phone calls because I, I didn't want to be leaving, you know? Um, right. I, I really enjoyed working with those people so much. And I still remember some of the stuff that each of them said to me on the phone when I did call them to let them know or found them and let them know. And, uh, you know, right. their excitement for me just showed me uh, that I was doing the right thing you know and yeah, that
1: was really great. really cool no I think I speak for everybody when I say please name drop everyone <laughs> no. because we name drop you Sarah so
2: Thank
1: you. you got let that let, let out we want to hear every part of it uh that, that sounds Thank so great you. to be involved Thank with you. that and you know baseball tonight is oh I was always so upset there wasn't more baseball tonight I uh, that it just felt like that's all i ever wanted to watch mm-hmm. and they have like all these other things and here's my baseball tonight oh it's the nba playoffs who cares i don't <laughs> want that i want more baseball tonight right um so th- i mean this is all this is all really really illuminating and i guess along the way i mean now you're you're very much w- well known for i mean you came on to pitch and said look this is how you use baseball reference these are <laughs> this is your toolkit even mm-hmm. with stack as well to answer these really tough questions these cool questions right i think when was the last time the mets had uh, only one all-star at their game and uh, at the game and you know at some point you must have realized this uh you had like a renaissance and discovery of using these tools i mean do you remember what that was like you went from just being a writer to oh i understand how to answer these questions you know as good as anyone in the field
2: Totally. I mean, that's basically the job in the stats and information department is to answer questions, whatever comes up. And when I first started, uh, you know, there were there was a long training process of learning how to use all of these sites. And it's actually great because at the time and it's changed immensely since then, but at the time. The way that you got trained on all of the reference sites was actually through baseball reference because at the time, and I think still true, uh the baseball reference play index was the most robust. So if mm-hmm. you knew how to use that, you could also use pro football reference, um, and hockey reference and the college uh, the college reference site as well. So that worked out really well for me because I started in the summertime. And I was a huge baseball fan and it all just sort of clicked. I'd never used the Play Index before. I'd used Baseball Reference a lot. I knew that you could sum rows. I knew like the basic things, but I didn't have a subscription to it um, and hadn't really even considered it. I mean, maybe if time had gone on a little bit longer before I got that job, I'm sure I would have you know, been curious, uh, sure. but it didn't even come up. And so I learned that and, you know, you have to learn all of these tools and, you know, other things. I mean, Microsoft Excel is so powerful, like half the stuff I do is in there. And even learning that came, you know, a year or two into really learning how to use that came a year or two into being at ESPN. But, you know, the most important thing about all of this is just knowing how to answer the question. Um, And that kind of came up when I was interviewing for my job at ESPN. I mean, I got asked a couple of questions in interviews that I didn't have great answers to right off the bat. But my response was, if you put a computer in front of me, I, I could get you an answer in five minutes or right. fewer. Um, and my understanding was, you know, that's more the job than just having an encyclopedic knowledge. And I think that, you know, the SAS information group is probably let's see, we celebrated the 10-year anniversary while I was there. So it's probably like 12, 13 years old. Um, and it existed in a previous form uh, under another name beforehand. Obviously, you think of, you know, Howie Schwab and Chris Felica and whoever else. Um, and when, and I think of um, a researcher who is no longer there named Paul Kinney, who was the long, I think he was the longest tenured member of the group uh certainly in the time I was there, I believe he had started there before I was born. And um, hmm. I think about from the moment he set foot there and what he, you know, thought he was hired to do to what it was even in, you know, to 2019, which was, you know, I left in January 2019. So the last time I really overlapped with him, I mean, it changed so much. I think that the initial Um, ask of you was to know everything. I mean, it really was. It was to be the person who they come up to in the bar and you can answer every single question that's thrown at you. But I really think that has changed where you need to have a really deep working knowledge because you need to know, you need to not look at uh, back-to-back walk-off wins at home, right? You need to have that initial underlying understanding of, each sport uh, or whatever else you're dealing with and what matters and what doesn't what's notable and what isn't. And that takes years and years to uh, build. And I look into stuff and find the last time it happened was last week, like all the time. Right, and yeah. so it's also trial and error, you know there. Um, but I think beyond that, you don't need to remember the last, you know, three Homer game for the Mets, but as long as you can look it up really, really quickly, you're doing your job. And in certain ways, I mean, in every way, that's more reliable anyway than well, going of off of what you
1: remember. So absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's certainly how, you know, the internet has changed everything in this mm-hmm. way. It's unbelievable. And we just keep accelerating in this direction of ease and less uh, personal reliance and more of just wisdom reliance, right? Uh, of having the, the concepts and the, and the uh, understanding of how to answer questions as opposed to answering the questions themselves. Uh, you know, how to Google is a huge, huge thing. How to use Excel, as you mentioned, too. I mean, the Twitch chat was trying to convince me to use VLOOKUP. And I was like, I'm not doing this, guys. I'm
2: it not. will change your life. It will change <laughs> your life. That's what they said. Just, just don't learn it on Twitch. That seems embarrassing. <laughs> um, but take time and read it. I have no shame it. in that. I'll be fine. It fun. will... I can't remember the last day I didn't run one. Like, it's like eating breakfast. Well, I, mean, I
1: do... Okay. It's so... Yeah. So I hear, I, I understand it's, it's value. They want, you know, I do the thing every single morning where I rank the starters for that day. And, uh, so, you know, I actually have to put them in a certain order and then, uh, and then give a number ranking at the end. And they want me to use VLOOKUP. I'm like, I, I'm really good at cutting and pasting. It's, it's incredibly quick. I'm fast on it. I've got a whole thing down. You know, if there were like a hundred of them, I think, okay, fine. I might, might result in V lookup. But I uh, but yeah, I, I will say this. I, I've been thinking about over the past even five, ten years. Just if you have a day or something where you think I can learn anything, make it Excel. Just every single job in some way yes. deals with Excel and spreadsheets. And if you can become well versed in it, I even I I mean I I'm not well versed in Excel and I think to myself constantly like, what if I just took like a couple days maybe and became yeah. amazing in Excel? Uh, I don't think I'm, I'm resisting every pun I can possibly use right now, but I don't think you and Excel, I did it for you. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah.
2: I feel free
1: now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but all right, so let's, let's, let's move it away from, uh, from, from the journey for you for a second. And really, I I got, I have to ask this. Um, what is it about baseball for you that has made you attached to it in the way that you are? You know, there's so many different elements to it, but there's always something that everybody goes back to about why they love the sport.
2: It's a really great question. It's really hard for me to answer because it's been part of my life for so long. Hmm. I mean, my... I didn't watch TV growing up. Like I watched like a couple PBS shows sometimes and that was pretty much it. Every Disney channel reference is lost on me. <laughs> Every Nickelodeon reference is lost on me. Every cartoon network, right? That's pretty much like the kids' channels. Sure, yeah. All completely lost on me um, because I was just watching ESPN. Hmm. And it wasn't, I mean, you know, I'm sure my parents could uh, address <laughs> this better than I could, but I don't think it was like per purposeful it's just it was what was on so like i wanted to my parents just always had sports on so i just wanted to watch sports like i didn't find i don't think that i like longed to watch rocket power or whatever that's like the one right, nickelodeon yeah. show i can but think of you right. got it um, yeah i did it uh <laughs> but yeah I, I don't i so i don't know how purposeful it was on their part or if it was just mm-hmm. like well this is what we have on you know and i have plenty of friends who probably watch tv shows Maybe even TV shows that were a little bit out of their age range at the time because their parents just always had that on, you know? Sure, and it, yeah. for me, it was just sports. So, you know, my mom tells a great story of me just going like, can I stay up for prime time? By the way, prime time, what? 7 p.m. So there's a lot of questions there. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I was about like four years old asking that, or maybe it was eight, o- eight o'clock, but you know, this is just what I grew up with. We just, we watched sports and we went to games when we could. I mean, we went to more games. I would say once I kind of got to middle school and it was clear that I really, really enjoyed this, we started going to more games. I mean, I think when I was younger, maybe we would go to one or two Mets games in a year. And sometimes it would just be someone, you know, who my parents knew, had tickets they weren't using. You know, it wasn't necessarily a uh, intentional thing. But by the time, you know, I was in middle school, I was saying, you know, let's find a game, let's go to a game, you know, whatever else. And we started going to a lot more. And so I just, you know, what I love about baseball is just that it's always been part of my life, honestly. And it is true of other sports, but, you know, I I wish I could know what it was at like five or six years old that made baseball stand out. But I think it's the fact that it was always there. I mean, Mm. if you just think about being at home, and sports being on, you know, baseball is so much more constant. I spent my summers at home. So baseball was just like the soundtrack of the summer and it was always there. And, you know, football, you lose track of it over the course of the week, especially when you're younger and right, before yeah. fantasy football, before Twitter, all of that. I mean, football was literally a discreet thing that happened every Sunday and that hmm. was it. Baseball was always on. And, you know, I, I grew up a Mets fan, but if the Mets weren't on, we watched the Yankees. And if the Yankees weren't on, you know, that was back in the day where like we still got WGN despite being in New York. So we would watch the Cubs. And if not for that, we'd be on TBS watching the Braves. So there was pretty much always a game to watch. And right. I, I think that that constancy is probably a lot of what it was. And I really love the game. I mean, my dad tells a story of me like turning to him when I was like seven. And I don't even know if this is true. I mean, <laughs> I've been told it enough times that it's apparently true. But then within the family, but like, did you see that curveball? You know, something like that. So (laughs) I I think that there's also like mechanical parts of the game that really stood out to me, but uh, beyond anything, I think it was just that it's what we watched. We watched sports, you know?
1: I mean, I really like the quote that you said there, the soundtrack of the summer. Oh, that sounds, that's exactly right. (laughs) You know, it's just there. It's just, you think of the summer and you think of the play-by-play radio going, you think of you know all the different storylines and the the, the just uh, the narratives of the year and the excitement and the the you know the moments of Brian Lahare being Brian Lahare you know for a half a season yeah uh, it, it's just things like that it's just ah it, it makes you you know Patrick Wisdom sure i guess that's a thing now and i i think his first name is Patrick i don't talk about him or yeah, sarah it so
2: it <laughs> so is it a struggle for me
1: when there's a new one uh no um that's the kind of stuff that just gets all of us excited and really, yeah, always present. I think that's a really, really good reason, um, for it. I mean, for me, it's, I, I call it the most human sport. The innate tension of the game, the, uh, the constant changes and adjustments and the overwhelming failure that you need to, need to do better than, you know, um, I mean, as a hitter, right, one third of the time, you're gonna, Make yeah. a hit, hopefully. If you're great, make a hit. That's that's good phrasing. Um, get a hit, and you're great. Yes. Uh, with with pitching, you have to be so precise, but it's actually such a skill that no one is always great. Like you're going to make mistakes. It's a question of how many mistakes you make, and that's life. That's so human to me. I uh, so it's uh, to me that representation is, is so perfect inside of it, and it's not this. I don't know. I feel like with other sports like football and basketball, the players are just so. Dramatically unreal to me, <laughs> what they do. You know, it's just like okay, I could never envision myself taking part in this. It's such an extreme of of uh, of a person, of uh, well, like what they're capable of doing. It's just like I can't. But that's well, why oh, yeah.
2: that's why Steph Curry is so amazing. I mean, again, I yeah. know we're on pitcher list. I know we're not on basketball. Oh, lists, it's but okay. Like, that's what's so incredible about Steph Curry, and I think what so much of the appeal with him is is that in so many ways other than being a world-class athlete, he does seem like an everyman. He's smaller than a lot of other players. And he he just seems like fallible in very human ways. You know, Mm -hmm. even like his ankle injuries, like all of those things are somehow very relatable. And he's also like, what, a multi-time MVP, a multi-time champion, all of this other stuff. So I, I think like that's a player, obviously, that I really gravitate towards in basketball and I think it's for that reason and to your point I, I do think that baseball has a lot of that the other thing that baseball has that you know I think falls under the category of stuff that I sort of like knew but wasn't even fully aware of or wasn't conscious of maybe is I think it's kind of you know it's the most it's the most academic or intellectual or whatever you want to say sport as sure, well yeah. and you know not to say that that then aligns with me. I mean, I, I don't think I deserve to say that about myself, but I got to take a class in college that was actually called Baseball in American History. And it was an American mm-hmm. history class, but it traced, you know, the course of American history from the 1870s or so to present with baseball. So, you know, Jackie Robinson before the military, you know, integrating before the military and so much of you know the detroit tigers w- with the detroit riots like in the 60s mm-hmm. and everything else and just really putting all of that together and putting in that lens and you don't get that with another sport you just don't get not. a class like that and part of that is because baseball is the oldest too you know mm-hmm.
1: it's america's pastime for a reason Mm-hmm. And it still will be. Uh, I, I, it's really fun to me hearing all of the, the stories of doom and gloom about baseball. And it's just like, nah, it's, it's sorry, you can try.
2: So it's never going to f- die. I can't. My favorite, One of my favorite things that I still remember um, from w- that class, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And the professor I should mention, his name is Matthew Briones. He He's like award-winning professor. He's a really, really smart guy. a Huge Red Sox fan. Um, what? What? <sighs> It was so funny because <laughs> I think on the first day, like he said that and there was a Yankees fan in the room. He's like, Oh, you can't take the class, you know, joking. There like. it is. Of course. Um, but, uh, it was really, uh, refreshing to have that because you don't get that in a lot of classes at U Chicago. Like that doesn't come up. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> but one of the documents, one of the texts we read was, um, can't remember what year it was from, but it's definitely like, Pre 1900, I'm pretty sure, or like maybe 1905, and you know he gave it to us with no context, and it was a newspaper article of these players are making too much money. This isn't sustainable. Why are they making all this money? You know, and you know the context at the time was what CC Sabathia's contract and whatever other big picture contracts that kind of happened in the early 2010s, and you know this was from like the 1800s, right? So. You know, the point is that some of these storylines have always been there, regardless of how many zeros are at the end of the contract. And I uh, I really enjoyed that because I think that to your point, like people are always saying that. But you know what? Like baseball has always persisted. It's in a better spot than it's ever been, if you ask me. And it's kind of funny because I think that those types of comments, whether the money specific one or just the overall doom and gloom, say more about the people saying them than the sport itself and i think that that just shows you know human nature
1: oh yeah and so then they should love the sport come on (laughs) it's human it's here for you get it get out of here okay um so moving away from from baseball entirely just getting to know sarah uh a bit better um so you mentioned that you don't watch tv shows i'm not even gonna like go (sighs) into the whole tv show realm get out of here it's just baseball it's espn it's uh sports all the time um okay so you did grow up in new york city though um was it in i believe or was it long island
2: uh yeah i grew up in new york in new in york, new york okay. City.
1: Yes. and right mets fan jets fan nicks fan nets. nets uh well okay sarah if they were called the sarahs you'd be a friend of the uh, fan of them too right <sighs> yes okay so so I, I understand that completely but uh so is it is it no tv but are you into film at all
2: First of all, Mets, Nets, Jets, Islanders. We need to do all Uh, the sports. I really like hockey. No, I I just (laughs) you know, hockey was my most recent sport. Like I got into hockey in high school. I used to Mm -hmm. say it was too violent or whatever, and my dad liked it, so I was just like, oh, I don't like hockey. And I think hockey is maybe my second. Like it might be the sport I enjoy the second most right now. Um, Oh, really? Maybe it it goes back and forth.
1: But well, playoff hockey is amazing. Yes. Yes. It is, and that, I, I, oh, so good.
2: And I got a chance to go to two playoff hockey games uh, when I was in college because the Blackhawks were really good. And I got to go to two different Western Conference final games. Uh, I saw them lose in game seven in overtime to the Kings. Oh, and man. then uh, the next year, which was the year they went on, one of the years they went on to win the cup, uh, I was at a game six where uh, they were trailing three, two. So they had to win to force it to go back to Anaheim um, or sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They had to, it was three, two. They had to win to force to go back to Anaheim. They did that. They won in Anaheim and then they won the cups. So that was amazing. I think that uh, living in Chicago definitely helped me get into hockey even more, but to your actual question, I mean, I, okay. The last movie I saw in theaters and like, our obviously COVID kind of gives sure. me a, uh, Break here, but the time span would probably be the same, even if not for COVID, uh, was the most recent Star Wars movie. I do really like Star Wars. Um, I, you know, as with everything that isn't sports, I got into it super late. So Mm -hmm. I got, I watched the Star Wars movies when I was like a senior in high school. One day, two of my best friends were like, you need to see these. So we just Mm. went to someone's house and watched them. And like everyone else had seen those when they were seven. Um, right, right. And here I was watching them as like you know, seventeen or eighteen year old. Um, I have watched a few TV shows, like not many. <laughs> well, okay,
1: wait. So, 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 so going back to Star Wars, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there was a there was a thing in like the nineties. They re released the films and stuff. I remember yeah. that's how I watched them. I remember it so distinctly in the first one. You know, obviously the whole scene they're in the Death Star and. Darth Vader is pretty much saying I have you now and like Harrison Ford or whatever. Sorry, Han Solo. Sorry, everyone. I mm-hmm. uh, blast him away. My dad brought me to that film and I have this distinct memory for like five minutes. He kept leaning in to say the line. I have you now and getting <laughs> it wrong each time That's until it funny. finally happened.
2: <laughs> That's really funny. That's
1: why you don't lean in and say the lines. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but are you is it just just for the cinematic stuff with Star Wars or have you watched any of the TV shows as well?
2: I watched like part of the Mandalorian um this off season, but I really enjoy the storylines and everything else but I just like didn't I guess I wasn't entranced enough to continue it um, sure which is nothing I guess I know everybody loves it and it was good I was just like. I, it's hilarious because I spend all day watching baseball. But I have a lot of time, a lot of trouble finding time to like sit down and watch something that's like an hour other than, you know, a four-hour right, baseball well, game.
1: You feel all this tug of everything else that's going on. I, I yeah. completely and You feel like this sense of guilt almost. Like, how could I just sit here and watch this other thing and completely tune out? That's just not what the world has trained us now, especially with the omnipresent baseball going on.
2: Yeah. And I feel like, especially for me in the offseason, like the less screen time I can have is probably the better yeah, given how I, often I'm in front of a screen. Uh, during the season, but I, can I
1: completely understand that. Yes,
2: but I that know people sense. liked it. I did see. I saw the they did a solo movie a couple of years ago, right? Like two, three years ago.
1: Yeah, Han Solo um, movie. It yeah, was a, that was. I think even the title. I don't know. It was. It was. Solo.
2: I think it was called sure. Solo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I saw that. I don't remember. I. I think fine. I liked it. Yes. No. I remember. I remember. <laughs> it left yeah, such an yeah, like immense
1: it. impression on you, clearly. <laughs>
2: I just have no room other than baseball. Sure. Uh,
1: so, okay. So then, and going back to baseball, then I am curious about this. I always wonder that because, I mean, you are incredibly active when it comes to something happens. You're there. You have a good stat about it. You have this. It's, it's fantastic. And what is your setup like when you do this? I mean, for me, for example, I'm sitting here. I've got my, the camera, I've got the, I've got the mic, but I have two large 1440p monitors and everything. And I've got games on the right. I've got other stuff on the left. And, and how are you situated with this? Do you have like baseball reference up over here and like four games there? What's it look um, like for you?
2: So, yeah, I mean, other, so in our office, I do get to use two screens. Um, But obviously I haven't been there in a year and a half. Uh, sure, yeah. So the multiple screens thing is not, we used to have that set up at ESPN too. So I'd use that, but, uh, for the most part, I'm just on my laptop and then I have, I'm on my work laptop and then I'll have my personal computer and I'll, I'll have games up on there, um, you know, or a game on the TV, something like that. Uh, but you know, I, I guess baseball reference is probably always open, but not intentionally so. Um, and the same is probably true of FanGraphs, and, you know, I'll always have the stack has game feeds up, uh, the new setup. Uh, that Darren rolled out at the beginning of this season where you can have one page that kind of has every game feed at once and has the daily leaders and certain categories refreshing live. Uh, I'll always have that open. Uh, obviously that's new because that's new for this year. Um, but yeah, I'm really just trying to keep an eye on as much as I can at once.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I'm just, I love the, the home run track you're doing. Uh, obviously the mm-hmm. love of Joey Otani is everything. Uh, I mean, this is what we all want. I, I think I even said at the beginning of the year, I think the best case scenario is that the Angels win the World Series this season as a Yankee fan, which mm-hmm. has actually kind of dwindled the more I do this stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want the, Yankee, the Angels to win because then Trout gets his ring. Otani becomes MVP. The entire Angels pitching staff somehow survives, which uh, it's the most intriguing staff in the, in the majors. But anyway, yeah. hey, you know what? Not. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I'm not going to do that right now. Um, I, I have one really last question that I'm very curious about with you, Sarah. And I asked this to a lot of people. Um, and the answer could be you don't, you know, that you're, you're currently completely happy and that's fantastic. But do you have this, this, uh, vision for yourself, say like five years down the road or whatever, where it's, that's what I want to be doing in this industry. If I could say, you know, um, I could have any position be doing, x y and z inside of baseball what is it for you
2: i think it's more of what i'm doing now more of the things that i really enjoy getting a chance to do which is doing things like this going on podcasts and uh getting you know opportunities to go on tv i got to call a game last year which was really cool i absolutely oh. would love to do that again um yeah i did a uh, mlb network did a Statcast broadcast they did a few of them last year that's and I got right to i remember this now
1: them. yeah Yeah, absolutely.
2: So, uh, you know, definitely doing more of those things. But I also, I mean, I, you know, not to be too cliche, but, uh, it's really hard for me to, Put a list or anything on what I would like to do five years from now, considering I couldn't have dreamt of any of this five years ago. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think about that. I mean, you know, five years ago, I was just starting at ESPN, if I have my years right. Um, and, you know, I was, <laughs> I was researching SportsCenter more than I was even researching Baseball Tonight, you know, so it's really hard to, it's really hard to step outside of that and see, uh, see bigger term. And, you know, I hope that, you know, working hard and doing all that I'm doing will continue to lead to things as, as it has so far, you know?
1: Absolutely. I, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm just throwing things. I'm just going to throw random, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, ambitions that are standard, right. That I'm sure that you've given thought to, um, that, you know, we, we see someone, you know, someone like you, Sarah, that's just having success and continuously moving forward. And we're thinking, oh, okay. It's only a matter of time before Sarah has her own book that, mm. uh, she has, <laughs> Is that, oh is that the uh, is that the reaction okay so so that is not something that you you're, no you i mean i do. you
2: know i'm never going to say no to anything or count anything out but i'm honored <laughs> that you think that of me and that you would want to read any pages for me so well, that, that was what the reaction was
1: I, I i mean you clearly have you know in your head you have okay cool all these questions you like answering um, that are interesting to all of us. Just in any sort of application of that with, of course, your your writing as well about the different stories that you want to tell and the just the, I don't know, the landmarks of the game, the romanticisms um, that that stats do showcase um, is, is an important thing. And I, I imagine there's a lot of know, opportunity in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, even you, right, you're, you're, you're getting these opportunities. MLB Network is, as you mentioned, of course, the StatCast broadcast too. Uh, this stuff on Twitch, it all speaks to having a larger presence inside the game as well. I uh, So I don't know. I mean, my head spins because this is what my life <laughs> is now. Is just mm-hmm. constantly like, this is what exists now. What can exist tomorrow? Exactly. Uh, and yeah, I guess I speak for everybody. We're all excited to see what's ahead for you.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's so hard to know because, you know amongst everything else like if you told me five years ago i was going to be doing a twitch stream i would say what's twitch right so like course. it's not even the oh my gosh i can't believe they're having me do these things but some of it is like you know just these different platforms and everything else so uh you know obviously glad to do whatever comes up and now i'm thinking about books so thank you for there that. it is <laughs>
1: and anytime. time <laughs> I uh, but uh, but yeah, honestly, in five years, you're gonna be on a platform we haven't even heard of yet. That's
2: exactly right. So are you? I mean, we're all yeah. going to be, you know, <laughs> like, we've been hearing about the death of Twitter for so long. I remember being in, you know, told once like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you, there's no not like in a work setting, but someone telling me like, oh, no one's even checking Twitter. I'm like, well, we're still here. So what are, you, what are you talking
1: about? Nobody checks. I don't, I don't know. Are, are you kidding? This is the exactly. lifeblood of journalism in some ways. It's, it's, exactly. it's, I hate to say that, but that's Uh, it's a very weird world that we live in now. But anyway, I'm going to stop that right there. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for being a part of this. Really. uh, It's an honor to have you here. And uh, one last time for everybody listening, just tell everybody where they can find you and what you're doing.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me again. Uh, I am on Twitter Slangs or Slangs on Sports. Uh, and I do broadcast on Twitch talking about baseball most Thursdays around 4 o'clock Eastern. Um, and yeah, I work for MLB.com. So if you're looking for some research pieces, anything like that, you can find those on there.
1: And uh, very last question. Who is the NL MVP?
2: Oh my gosh. Well, that one's so <laughs> cool too. I, I mean come
1: on search your heart you know it's true
2: I'm having trouble with Acuna Tatis right now oh really I, mean, DeGrom's I think not that, even involved no I mean I, I would say DeGrom right now this second but I do think that by the end of the year it might be different if he sets the record the ERA record it's DeGrom I, I did a round table the other day where I said DeGrom and I was actually like in the minority which I was a little bit surprised by um I think the thing is that we usually end up with pitcher MVPs in years where there aren't standout position players. Sure, yeah. And there's literally two incredible standout position players, right. not to mention like the trade Turners of the world and other really, really good players. Um, but, I, you know, so putting that aside because people get mad over pitcher MVPs, I, I can't choose between Acuna and Tatis because either of them could be the first guy since 1932 to lead their league in home runs and steals. Like currently one of them leads in home runs and one of them leads in steals and they're all like one away on the other stat. Um, They could tie for that, which would really be interesting. Um, And, you know, I just, you know, I I want all of them to win MVP.
1: There it is. Let's do that. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think we're all just happy if all of them, if this is a proper conversation in October, because all of them have played the full year absolutely truly what we want and at the end of the day we know it's the ground because hitters are just cardboard cutouts at home plate we all know this (laughs) but anyway sarah again thank you so much for being here everybody give sarah a follow uh watch what she does read what she does we'll have another guest of course next week here at nick pollock and friends and we'll talk to you then.